what is your worst job that you've ever had? Um, this one's very easy for me. I think about it whenever I'm having a bad day at my current job. I used to make outgoing political survey calls. So, you know, those spam calls you get. You're one of those people. I was one of those people. God, what a terrible, not only was it terrible to work for, I didn't like what I was doing. I didn't feel good about it because obviously I was annoying people, but then you're just berated by people who are so mad that you're calling them at like six o'clock when they're sitting down for dinner or whatever. Uh, and then you're suddenly interrupting their day and they would fucking just tear into you. You just felt like, Oh, I need a shower after that job. Did you ever have anybody that was like, Oh, I'd like more. I'd like to read more about your pamphlet. Tell me more. Oh yeah. There would be people who did the survey and those were fine. Those, you know, but for every 10, it was just calls, a survey though. It wasn't like canvassing or anything. No, it was like just surveying, oh, but okay. they'd be like loaded questions like, um, Oh, number one, I was in Tallahassee, Florida. <laughs> would but, you rather punch a baby or would you rather have a park? But you you have to <laughs> pretend you were from whatever community you were calling. So in the beginning of your shift, they'd be like, all right, you're in Michigan today. The weather's this or whatever in case people asked. And then they'd be like, so if Candidate, if you heard, just in theory, that candidate Bill loved drowning kittens, would that make you more or less likely to vote for candidate Bill? And if you heard that candidate Jane loved cats and just wanted to pet them all the time and was a cat whisperer, and as opposed to candidate Bill, who remember drowning kittens, how would that make you feel? And it was just so dirty, man. Wow. Yeah, it was really bad. But they paid really well, but they also had a high turnover. Drown yourself, John. (laughs) Yeah, well, I quit that job. I mean, like, I think I was there for three months, maybe. Three months? Holy shit. Damn. Did they give you any protocol of how to handle unruly uh, callers? Oh, yeah. You know what you do for unruly callers? No, you (laughs) schedule them for a callback later. That's how you handle it. The only way to get off the list is if I marked that you were deceased. And I only marked people as deceased if they were nice. If they were like, look, dude, <laughs> please don't call me. Like, come on. I'd be like, all right, fine. If you were like a real dick, I'd be like, all right, fucking putting you back in queue. <laughs> Jeez, abuse of power there, John. Talk we'll to be you calling later. you every Tuesday for the next seven years. Pretty Congratulations. Much. Talk to you later, dick. Uh, so kill him with kindness. It works. Remember that. It works in every industry, yeah. really. I mean, oh, it's like, oh, what a job. Gotta hate that job. Vinegar and honey analogy. It's true. Yes, exactly. I was, if you were nice to me, I'd try to be nice. I mean, they, of course, because this was a terrible place to work for they counted and kept metrics of how many people you, I mean, you couldn't, I couldn't say everyone I called was deceased because they would have been like, dude, that seems very unlikely. So you had all to the be. Smiths were dead <laughs> in the phone book. There's been an epidemic in Michigan. So that's my worst job ever. <sighs> Sounds pretty rough. Garrett, what about you? I worked at Luby's for about 30 minutes. Oh, no. You're about to tarnish our... <laughs> Luby's is gangster, our, so. Our podcast favorite. As you guys know, I hate tartar sauce with a passion. Yep. It is disgusting. It is vile. If anybody out there disagrees with me, I don't care. Uh, sidebar. I was out of ketchup yesterday, so I had tartar sauce with my tater tots. You're dead to me. You're a fucking monster. (laughs) Anyway, so um, I was unemployed at the time and I finally was like, well, you know what? I sure could use some money for some food and other, you know, random unessentials. So I went across the street to the Lubies, walked in and said, I will do whatever shit job you have. I don't care if it's scrubbing toilets. I don't care what it is. I just need some money and I'd like to start as soon as possible. (laughs) My only stipulation is I do not want to handle or touch tartar sauce. And they said, not a problem. <laughs> so they put me on dishwashing. And I was like, yo, I don't know. Plate's coming with tartar sauce. And they're like, look at this giant spray hose you have. And I was like, cool, I'll spray it off. Um, I got 
tartar sauce splashed in my face when someone put a plate down on top of another plate with tartar sauce. Yeah. Uh, it splashed on me. It went on my face, got near my nose. I immediately turned around, threw up in a trash can, and left. Wow. <laughs> that was it. And I never got my paycheck. They kept trying to call me and get me my paycheck, but it was like $1.45 or it was like some like small amount. And I was like, I don't care. Um, and you're like, you'll find my final notice in that trash can back there. <laughs> it was, I was very upset. I was like, nope, I'm out. I'm done. I did dishwashing through college. Deuces. I like that job though. Honestly, it wouldn't have been a bad gig yeah. except for the fact that like, and it was just the perfect storm. They didn't do it maliciously. Just someone put bad a plate luck. down and it splashed and like it got close to like close to my nose and I was yeah. just like, I'm out. I didn't like being wet all the time, but you're able to just zone out and wash dishes and it was, it's not an easy job, but it was an all right job. I think you could have done any other kitchen job and probably been pretty safe from the tartar sauce. But when you go to Luby's, one of their most popular items is their square fish. They mm-hmm. sell it. They sell it in the freezer freezer section now. At your local HEB? Um, yeah. It, it, this episode is sponsored by HEB. I, I, I wouldn't have guessed you would have made it long without having to deal with the sauce in some form or fashion at some point. Well, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, okay, I'm good. And they were like, dish it. I was like, immediately, I was like, oh, I'm too close. Yeah, they lied I'm, to I'm you. I'm too close. And, and the guy... You know, as nice as it could be, but like, look at this spray hose. You can spray it from a distance. And I was like, I don't see a problem here. Cool. And, you know, best laid plans, tartar sauce in the face. I'm out. I don't have um, any terrible, terrible uh, tartar sauce related uh, <laughs> tragedies myself. But uh, this is where you tell us you've never been employed in your life. I'm still homeless and jobless. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I, I worked for a photography studio for about three, three months as well. Uh, I had two bosses. It was a husband and a wife team. One boss would come tell me to do one job, and then the other boss would walk in and tell me to do something else. So it's like, which one am I supposed to prioritize? And when I'd go do one, the other one would come in and be like, how come you haven't done this yet? And I'd be like, well, your husband just told me to do this. And then, you know, I just get yelled at a bunch. That sucks. Um, At some point, uh, they had done very little training for me on site other than the specific uh, style where, you know, college graduates come in for their graduation photos, right? Mm-hmm. Sit down with the cap and gown. It was graduation season. But then I had to all by myself do a family portrait and wedding photos, you know, like bridal pictures. Mm-hmm. They would come in and none of them spoke English. Oof. And I was all alone. Oh, no. And I was just like, this is the worst. All I've been doing is getting yelled at left and right. And now I have to, you know, physically walk over and move the girl with my hands because she doesn't understand me. No. And I don't understand her. Uh, and I was like, this is way too stressful. This isn't worth the six fifty I'm making an hour. <laughs> oh, you fucking baller. I know, dude. I was making bank. Um, but, you know, I was still trying to do a job within my, you know, my diploma. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, I'm going to do this. But that, then I went to do the news. But uh, do not ever work for self-employed people that are a, a husband and wife duo if you can avoid it. It's not fun. It sounds not fun, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. What about first days other than Garrett's tartar sauce one? Did you ever one you just came in? It was like the worst first day and then you quit or walked out or? No, I've the shortest I ever stayed at a job, I think, was three weeks. So I'm, I'm not one to just, I always give it a good old college try. Uh, but I worked at a grocery store, Publix, for those in Florida. I was supposed to be like a bag boy and just a general, you know, cleaner upper. And it just wasn't working out. 
<laughs> I, did, I did that as a, like my first, uh, I think it was my first like real job. I worked yeah. at uh, HEB and uh, did that for a couple of years. Yeah, I don't have really, like, I don't have a whole lot of short jobs. I have, you know, things that I've been at for like a month or two here and there. But like, I think that Luby's was the only thing that was like in and out. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you guys. I, I would try to stick it out as long as possible. Yeah. You know, usually would, if you're getting a job, you need the money right. bad enough to where you're like, I'm going to yeah, go ahead exactly. and at least get two paychecks. And usually what, a week to two weeks? About, and I've always <laughs> given a two weeks notice. So uh, at that Publix job, uh, two thirds of my time, <laughs> I was on two week notice. So. High second day, I'm out in two weeks. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much, yeah. I'm uh, really interested in the job, but I just want to let you know. I feel like I've told this story on the podcast before, but uh, I got sick at the end of my journey. Uh, at uh, Journey, that's a big word for what happened <laughs> at Publix. But the end of my time working at Publix, uh, and I called in and they were like, well, you know, we're going to have to write you up for this. And I was like, fine. Uh, this is like my second to last day, dude. I don't care. Uh, but when, before they'd give me my paycheck, they put made me, me on final notice. Right. Like I give a shit. They made me sign some piece of paper before they'd give me my paycheck. It was so stupid, but I guess it's probably stored in Publix corporate somewhere. So if I ever <laughs> want to go work for Publix, I'm fucked. Look, this 20 year old file says that you got written up right before <laughs> yeah. you left. Uh, do you ever know those people that seem to have had like 800 jobs? They would last three hours yeah. and you're like, how are you a person? I like, feel like I've worked with some of them. Yeah. Like, wait, what happened to Bill? Like, wasn't he just, oh yeah, Bill quit. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> he went to lunch. First day, never came back. <laughs> this is like having jobs. You're like, just getting jobs. Totally different. Yeah, it's all about the getting. <laughs> yeah. The anticipation of working. That's where it is for him. <laughs> just get off on interviews, bro. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get into today's movie where we talk about someone's pretty shit the first day at the job. Yeah, I would argue this person should not have gotten the job that they got, which is a cop, and they are the worst cop ever. Well, let's get into it. Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark. Again, joined with John and Garrett. Fellas. How we doing? Pretty, pretty good. I like how he doesn't look at us anymore when he says the names, just to, just to not confuse himself. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Uh, you yeah. know, he's after. He's got a technique. I don't even know how many episodes, but a lot. Uh, we've got eighty to, something, ninety. I yeah. think this is going to be right around there. Ninety was what I wanted to say, but I was like, I don't know where I'm getting that number from. I feel actually, I think this might be. I think this might be ninety. Oh man, it's almost like I'm good at this. No, I'm We're not. We're getting close to a hundred. Wild, but pretty good. I've been time. on vacation. It's been uh, a weird Christmas, New Year's interlude, which is like the weirdest time of the year. Uh, Do you have any battle scars from your war on Christmas? Oh, so many. Let me t- Do you know D- how many people? Dearest, dearest Liza, it's been seven days since yeah. my last letter. I just, Rudolph has taken the front lines. <laughs> well, it's mostly fought on Twitter. I just spend all day on there. And anytime I see even strangers say Merry Christmas, I go, Excuse You just me. lose your shit yeah. straight up. Like, it's happy holidays. No, I don't <laughs> care at all. Maybe I wasn't as aware this year, but it felt really mild compared to the last years. I didn't get it. I didn't hear the Starbucks cup Same. fiasco or any of that shit. Oh, that I, shit still was going on. It's just, I think it's migrated to the areas where it matters to people. I feel like by the end of 2019, as a country, we are just so tired. We don't, we're just like, whatever, just uh, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Well, what have you guys been up to? Watch anything horror related? Anything you want to bring up? 
Well, uh, two things. One, I watched a movie on Shudder called Haunt. Uh, it's about a crazy haunted house. It was actually, that was good. I saw that one too. Yeah, it was actually pretty decent. Um, yeah, I like the haunted house premise because it just allows for a bunch of set pieces, and that's this movie did really well. Um, yeah, I would question logistics like, hey, I know of this off-circuit haunted house uh, way out in the woods. You want to go check it out? That was the only part I was like, yeah. nah. Zero percent chance I would ever say yes to that. But, you know, whatever. It's a, ha- it's a scary movie. They got to get him in there somehow. So, but uh, for being a shutter movie, it's pretty good. Yeah, I'd recommend it too. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and recently I've been in watching more, maybe, maybe you gentlemen will know, watching more and more anime. I'm still a newbie, but I'm like, huh, I wonder if there are horror anime oh, out yes. there in the world. And I'm uh, looking for recommendations. So, listeners or co hosts, uh, I'm open. Do people still call it Japanimation? No. Uh, Funimation is what I see a lot. Funimation, yes, one of the companies. They 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 branded their shit all over the anime on Hulu. Well, as the resident grave talk nerd, (laughs) I will go ahead and say, um, yeah, there actually is quite a few um, really good um, horror animes. If you haven't seen, it's kind of short. It's only like forty five minutes. If you haven't seen Blood, The Last Vampire, uh, now there's a series. And there's also the the short movie. Okay. Watch the short movie. I've seen the movie. It's good. It's really dope as hell. Uh, there's a couple other really good ones. Okay. Um, I'll get you a little list going. There we Maybe go. Maybe I'll put it on the the Twitter or the, yeah. the Instagrams. That's sweet. Um, but that's it, really. I've been rewatching uh, for no reason a lot of the James Bond movies. Uh, that's not horror related. Shut up, John. No, but you know, <laughs> if you follow me on Letterboxd, you saw I sat down and uploaded a whole bunch of them all at once last <laughs> night. So. <laughs> I would say Vampire Hunter D is a pretty classic one if you haven't seen it. Okay. I feel like I've heard of that one. Like a Van Helsing-ish type story. I saw one online called Another, uh, but I haven't seen it or done a lot Mm. of research into it. So I don't know if y'all heard of that one, but more to come, I guess, on my journey uh, through horror anime. I went to watch the uh, Tom Savini uh, documentary. Mm. on Shudder and realized my Shudder account had expired. Oh. So I did not get to watch the Tom Savini documentary, but wah, I'm hearing wah. good things. I'm hearing it's like really dope as hell. Yeah, I watched about three-fourths of it before I had to go to bed. It's pretty good. Mm. Definitely worth the watch. So I saw a trailer for a movie called Antlers. Um, I think Del Toro is involved in it heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, He's producer. Producer. Okay, right on. Uh, that trailer fucked me up. It looked really good. That stuff was, it was crazy. It looked creepy. It looked kind of like a slow burn. It had um, the guy who looks like Matt Damon, but it's not Matt Damon. Um, Matt Damon. Todd from uh, Breaking Bad? Yes, yes. Todd from Breaking Bad. Man, it looked really cool. So I definitely think we Mm. should should check that one out when it comes to theaters and do an episode on that because that looks like hardcore. Like the imagery and like the lore behind it. Yo, I'm 100% in so far. Yeah, it looks really good. Stars Carrie Russell, who was the Daft Punk character from Star Wars, but you wouldn't know it because she didn't take her helmet off. Uh, Jesse Plemons, he's the one that looks like Matt Damon. He's uh, Todd. That guy's a really good actor, too. He's really good. I don't know if you guys off subject. Did y'all see the Breaking Bad movie on Netflix? No. Uh, El Camino? Yeah. Not yet. It was good. It's worth it. Mark, other than your three quarters of the Savini documentary, what have you been up to, sir? Well, uh, they announced the remake of Resident Evil 3. Yes. coming. So anticipation, I've started replaying some of those. Uh, I jumped in with Resident Evil Zero. It's one that I skipped back in the day because I was not interested in in the two-player mechanic and the train aspect of it. For whatever reason, it just turned me off. I decided to give it another shot, and I'm actually enjoying it. Yeah, it's all backstory on Umbrella. Yeah. It's the same reason I love part five. It was just all back. All that shit that you guys don't like, loving that. (laughs) It's all in there. Um, It's it's classic top-down kind of style, you know, like the Resident Evil 1 remake, kind of 
they've got, you know, the tank control style, the original classic Resident Evil. It's fun. The only thing I don't like about it is that there's no item inventory box. You have to drop everything on the ground. And then like, oh, shit, I need that item. You got to run all the way back <laughs> to pick it up and then do Fuck your inventory that. management. And the other Resident Evils, and, and they haven't done this since, by the way, is, you know, you've got a box that so you drop it in and then you go to another area, you open the box, well, all your shit's in there, right? They've actually never done that again. I think they were testing it out to basically see, because, you know, having to, because of the box, you could always just pick up wherever you left off. Like, oh, I, I can get that gun later. With this, it was like, am I really willing to go all the way back and grab that item? Yeah, maybe they were going for more realism or whatever, but I think just as a video game, it's easier just to have the infinite box. Yes. You know, go find it wherever you need. I think it was a difficulty thing because you really had to like, ooh, is it worth it? How hard is it to get back? You know? Yeah. But it's fun. It's a good one. I recommend it. And uh, hotly anticipating the Resident Evil 3 Nemesis's return. Well, let's get into it. Today, we're talking about Last Shift from 2015, directed by Anthony de Blasi. This uh, one has Juliana Harkavy as Jessica Lauren, Josh Mickle as John Michael Payman, Hank Stone as Grip Cohen. Grip? Grip uh, Cohen. Sergeant Cohen, the guy from the beginning. Oh, his first name was Grip? Yeah. Oh. Get okay. a grip, Grip. <laughs> Cut his fucking mic off. <laughs> Jay LaRose as Patrick Black, Sarah Skulko as Kitty Payman, Catherine Kilger as Dorothy Payman, Natalie Victoria as Marigold. And Matt Doman as Officer Ryan Price. Mm-hmm. Can I just right away? I'm going to ask a question. Payment was that the same demon that was in Hereditary? Yes, it okay. is. Thank you. Not spelled the same. It's not no, spelled the same. That the is same. the name it's of the, the same one. Yes. Cool. Okay. I, I saw. I was. I was like. If Mark picked this fucking movie because it's a connection to Hereditary, and then I was guys, like, no, I'm he's... a Satanist. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> well, this would have came out. Well, that's not Satan, bro. Let's get detailed. They make a big point about this in this movie. I want to know: Did Ari Aster watch this movie and go, "I think I could do payment better"? <laughs> <laughs> well, on Rotten Tomatoes, this one's at a hundred. No, 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 no. Okay, I knew you're going to bring this up, and I want to jump in front of this. Oh, it's at a hundred percent. But the critic is at 50. Now, the seven reviews for the critics, like 100%, are all like, half of them are like Mexican, like, newspapers. And then the other three are like random Joe Schmo websites. So what I'm hearing is this movie's at 100%. <laughs> yes, according to Rotten Tomatoes' official score, doesn't matter what country they came Go from. anywhere else. This movie is not, it is not a 100% movie, folks. Oh, it is 100%. I mean, movie. the numbers may say that, but, you know, they also say that, you know, sour cream tastes good. That shit doesn't. What? Tartar sauce and sour cream. Bad milk products. I'm out. What? what you is... got other condiments you want to start beefs with right now? You know what, Mayo? You can go fuck yourself. Okay? Wow. Anything creamy, apparently. You know what I was just talking about? Totally unrelated. Love me some cream gravy, though. Uh, okay, remember okay. back in the early 2000s, late 90s, when ketchup was purple? Didn't Y'all they, were probably a little old a, for that. Didn't though. they do a couple no different colors? They did. Yeah, there was like a yeah. green purple, one. green, um, red. I don't know. It's wild, but yellow <laughs> fucked everybody up in the mustard community. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Wow, what a wild time. We and, need rules. And there, it tasted exactly like ketchup. We need rules. Oh man! But yet it was purple, and it made everything taste disgusting. Even though it did not need, like, it didn't taste any different. It was just like. There's the, something weird the about a purple com- condiment. Okay. I think there's certain colors that are palatable to the human yeah. brain. I hope this entire episode, we just break into like commentary <laughs> on condiments. You know what really fucking sucks you guys relish? Am I right? I got an idea. Blue ketchup. What do you think? Blue Blue ketchup. milk, you know, blue ketchup. Blue mayo. Oh. Anyway, to finish the Rotten Tomato scores, 
51% of the audience out of 1,090. Wow. Only fit. What? This is like the definition of a divisive movie. 50%. That's like you, uh, but I think we're how interesting. I'll let you continue. There's a, there's a website that reviews this at hundred percent, nothing against the website, nothing against the review, but it was called like the father, the son, the holy gore. Oh, that's com. clever. And I was like, huh, I actually read that dude's review. It was wordy, but, um, it was like, I was like, like, oh, these are the people that gave it 100%. Because I was looking for like a major outlet and no one did it. I'll give it 100%. Well, I think you got to, I mean, this is such a low budget movie. Well, didn't the, even hear about it when it came well, out. Well, it was direct yeah. to video. It was direct to video. Some of the awards it won, it won like two awards. Like it was like a nominee Wait, for one of them. This is a 100% rated award winning movie. <laughs> oh, I'm hearing accolades. <laughs> I'm quitting the podcast. I'm out. <laughs> We'll get into it a little bit more in just a second. But here's what the back of the Australian DVD has to say. Oh, I hope it starts with, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Rookie police officer Jessica Loren has been assigned the last shift at a closing police station and must wait for a hazmat crew to collect biomedical evidence. But unbeknownst to Jessica... I hate that word, unbeknownst. But beknownst to us. <laughs> Spaceballs reference for y'all. Good point. But unbeknownst to Jessica, Charles Manson-esque cult leader, John Michael Payman, has haunted the department ever since he and two of the psychotic followers committed suicide a year ago to date. And now, Jessica is about to find out how dangerous they can be when she's left alone on this last shift. Wow, the back of the box did not leave any room for a spoiler or not for twists. I mean, it's just like, Hey, spoiler, here's the whole review. Well, I think that's fair. in the fact that like, it was pretty accurate. It gives you an idea what you're getting into, but it also did leave out a lot of like the craziness aspect of it. True. But you don't find out that the, they're actually haunting this place. till the middle of the movie, you don't find anything out until the middle of the movie. (laughs) That's what I love. Anyway, we'll get to it. Um, though, I guess I'll start by saying I did. Well, I really like this movie. Uh, spoiler for the end of the podcast. I would recommend it. But I do really challenge the premise of the movie. Why would a police station close overnight? Wouldn't it make sense to be like the end of the police station is at 5 p.m. And then we're going to move to this new police station that's already open and currently exists. Why would someone have to be in this police station till an arbitrary time? That's, so there I was an in storyline for that. The and hazmat one, team. Exactly. There, the Sergeant uh, Grip. No, Grip's his first name. So good Cohen. <laughs> Sergeant Thank Cohen. Thank you for keeping me honest here. Sergeant Cohen. Um, who Sergeant inter- Shit Flipper. That dude's losing his shit all the time. I love this mustache, though. Oh, that's such a cop stash. That dude <laughs> chewed the scenery like he hadn't eaten in weeks. I just kept hoping he'd be like, thrill me. Oh, <laughs> oh, if he- dude, if they just cast it, uh, Tom. And if it was Tom Atkins, I would be like, I would uh, buy you all a copy of this movie. That would have been amazing. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the in, in movie, uh, in universe narrative yeah. was that the hazmat team was supposed to show up two days ago. Yeah. And they're like, oh, for whatever reason, they couldn't come until today. They've got a lot of jobs they're going to show up between 10 p.m and 4 a.m yeah. so that was why they were but couldn't they call and be like hey we're on our way can you send a car to let us in well yes and no the thing is they just didn't have an exact time they're like they should be there between this okay, but okay. the thing is is and this is answered by sergeant cohen at the beginning because um detective lauren our main character um was like why don't we just hire a security guard for no, this? why am i part, a real yeah. why is a real cop and he's like look if we've got the bodies why not use them and besides you're brand new i'm not going to put you on anything legit and so he's like basically you're a glorified security guard tonight so someone had to be there it just happened to be her because of her status and which is that my second 
question about this movie. Her dad was a cop who ultimately died in the line of duty. I won't get into oh, the details. Oh, we're going to spoil the shit out of this. All right, so got killed in the line of duty, and yet all the other cops treat her like she's just uh, fuck like trash not like her dad if you're if it was a cop if you're the kid of a cop who died in the line of duty i feel like other cops are like hey what's up let's take you on i know too wig. many people who was like oh yeah your kid your kid that's son of a cop yeah. like they get away with all sorts of stuff right. sometimes and wouldn't she have did she have no cop did her dad have no cop friends she didn't know that this place has been fucking well no he did because when officer price shows up later he's like everyone loved your dad Wait, so everyone looked after each other he was a great man i think john's point is is like everyone would have known the of course daughter, right of course right. and they would have been this. like hey she would have known some weird shit's going on in the station right they would have talked about it around beers or whatever like yo this place is fuck or even in the academy i want to spoil something so bad because it goes to your point but i don't know if i should yet well, you're, you're, we're gonna spoil the fuck out of this okay. as garrett had said so <laughs> so, <rock and> roll. <laughs> so you find out that her dad was actually killed by the payment right. gang the payment cult if you will and um like he was killed at the Police yeah, station. He, he went in with Officer Price. Yeah, rescue. He, he answered the P. The, the nine one one call. APB. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was killed at the ranch, or he was killed ranch. at the ranch. Okay. Okay. He was. They were like, "Hey, wait for backup," but they could hear was it Monica and them screaming. Yeah. So him and Price went in I to just try could, to I rescue. I couldn't tell them. if her dad died at the police station or if he died at the Got ranch. I, I thought it was the ranch, but I wanted yeah. to make sure that I wasn't off. He's it, a ranch death. According to uh, Officer Price's description, it sounds like they were the first to arrive on scene and they both got taken out waiting for backup. Yeah. Yes. But those ultimately minor flaws that I've only really picked up because I've watched this movie multiple times, but the premise is a little shaky. This movie is all minor flaws. <laughs> and I say that in the nicest way possible. Like I expected this to be absolute garbage. And I, I had, I loved this movie by hating this movie. As it played out, I was like just yelling at the screen like, no, this is the dumbest thing ever. Why would you do this? This is stupid. There's no reason they would ever do this. Why, you know, X, Y, and Z. But as I was saying that, I never got, disinterested i was completely on board the whole time i mean it was like it was just a lot of like it felt like like early script writing flaws to me and not movie flaws yeah if that makes sense because the movie was damn tense like yeah i remember like like at one point sitting up and going like oh my back's well damn i'm like tensed up like this is really doing it for me but yeah this was a really i would recommend this movie too which is i'd recommend this movie but set expectations of like look you're gonna have a lot of problems if you know anything about like good script writing but logic um, yeah logic <laughs> but in you general. get so wrapped up in the movie you don't really think about it while you're watching but it. that's the thing it's like it's almost like they had so many like plot holes and flaws in their script and they never looked back to like oh maybe we should fix that it's so, like they were so on board it like yeah. kind of maybe forget like oh yeah this is this is all kind of fucked up <laughs> just <here."> power through <laughs> mark i'm assuming you liked it also yeah, if you remember, if you listened to our New Year's episode, I recommended it in the decade because of how low budget it was. came out of nowhere for me. I just watched it because it showed up in a recommendation by Same. Netflix or whatever. I was like, holy shit, that was really entertaining. It's very cool to see what people can still do with very little. I mean, there's maybe a handful of people in this movie. What, six, seven? Yeah, even know? fewer really A lot of them are parts. related to each other. If you read the, like, if you look at the credits, there's a lot of people with the same last names <laughs> yeah, who are nice. producers and directors and yeah. also actors. And There's one set, you know, there's a couple of places within the police station, but really you see the same four or five rooms over and over again. Which was a real police station, too. Oh, interesting. Like, evidently, like, they actually filmed this in Sanford, Florida, and they this was the old police station because they built a new one. They were moving over to a fire and police station complex mm. together, and this was the old building, so they actually filmed nice. in the old police station. 
That's cool. Yeah, the the setting, the mood, and all, I think most of the effects are well done as well. the The movie uses a lot of the cliches that we've come to know from the genre of horror, but I think they're all done pretty effectively. You know, I didn't roll my eyes at a lot of them. They didn't last too long, or yeah. they weren't too telegraphed. They and they were happening. done well. Yeah. Like I, I'm not necessarily against cliches. I think I've talked about this before. Like I don't mind a paint by number movies that is executed well. Right? Sometimes I just want to watch a cool exorcism movie or whatever, and it's fine if it's rehashing some of the same ground as long as it does it well. And I feel this wasn't an exorcism movie, but I feel like this was a, a it executed really well on what it was trying to do. This movie played out like someone's like Silent Hill fan fiction. <laughs> like everything about there was a point in the movie where someone was giving like a random you meet a random character and they start giving exposition. I was like, if this has like some like mandolin or some like creepy guitar in the background, this would be just like Silent Hill. And then sure enough, like immediately you start hearing like little guitar noodling behind this person. I'm like, okay, this is someone's Silent Hill spec script. But again though, like for all my complaints on it, it was damn engrossing. Like and it, some of the jump scares got me. Some of them didn't, but some of them like legit got me. Yeah. It maybe it's it's similarities to Silent Hill might be why I like it so much. I, my my roommate was watching it. She's like, she's like, I guarantee you Mark recommended this because it reminds him of Silent Hill. I was like, I don't know if Mark realizes it's Silent Hill, but this is very Silent Hill. <laughs> uh, it, you know, the lights go out, it turns red. Like on, I've seen it twice now. Yeah. There's um, a siren at one point when that happens. Yeah. There's whenever someone comes to give random exposition, there's like characters show up just to drop information and leave. There's yeah. like, will you stick your hand in this hole type of situation? Yeah, like all sorts of like, it was so Silent Hill, which was kind of weird because I feel like this movie did Silent Hill better than the Silent Hill movie did Silent Hill. I just, everything about it just felt like real, like just tense. So Officer Lauren's first day on the job, as mentioned, she's coming into the old station to guard what's left of the evidence locker room. Right. Which is going to be thrown out because it's mostly just the puke and poop cloth clothing in, in that nature. That's why hazmat's got to come. Pretty substantial hazmat collection. Uh, Used needles. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Um, she gets a phone call. She's sitting in the car talking to her mother and we get a little backstory of like, you know, something about her father right, comes up. Yeah, her she wanted to be a cop and her mom's like, oh, I don't want you to be a cop. And she's like, knowing, knowing what the mom and the daughter know that right. we did in the movie at the time is that her dad got killed as a cop. She's like, most cops go their whole career without seeing action. And then her mom was just like, well, don't. tell that to your dad. It's like, oh, sick burn on your dead dad in you. <laughs> That's a gut punch. Yeah. mom. Jesus. <laughs> But she goes inside after hanging up with her mother. Uh, she meets up with the Sergeant Cohen. You don't realize it really, like, but his introduction is so weird. You realize it's weird, but then you piece it together. He's like cursing and he's like punching the wall. And he's like, God damn it. Stop it. And she's like, look, I was told to report here. And he's just saying, shut up, shut up. But I think later we realize, yeah, he's probably ta- hearing voices. Mm-hmm. I think the turnaround bit, he was directly talking to her. Yeah, he was definitely talking to her. He doesn't want her to go into the holding section, which is like I guess the epicenter of this haunting of paranormal activity, if you will. What were their power sets, John? Because oh, these my are God, definitely it was all para- over the place. Or paranormal, I'll tell you that. <laughs> no question, checkbox. <laughs> He's just coming off as like he doesn't give a shit. Why is he here? Why are no, you here? Why are you here? And then like at some point she even calls him when she's freaking out. He's just so nonplussed on the phone. He's like, 
Are you dying? Oh, are you no, on no. fire? He says, he says, <laughs> is something on fire? Are you hurt? If not, why are you calling me? Literally the next scene, something catches on fire. And I was like, give him a call. Yeah. You're good to go. <laughs> they treat this poor rookie so bad. Like not only him, but she is in regular contact with the regular, the new police station. And like anyone who had even 1% empathy for another human being would be like, Someone should go check out on her. Something weird. She's obviously in distress and she's afraid. Like, yeah. Well, she's a rookie cop, too. Yeah. yeah. Think about her position. She's coming into a brand new job. First day on the force. She's going into the old decrepit station. She's got like a chip on her shoulder. Right. And she's got to try to prove herself. So while all this crazy shit's going on, like, I think that kind of speaks why she just doesn't leave the station entirely. Because it's like that first day mentality is like, I got to prove that I'm not some creepy woman. <laughs> Right. or something you know yeah i get her i do understand yeah. her but john's saying everyone else yeah. basically it's like i've never worked at a job where i got there and it was like welcome to heb you fuck start bagging groceries you piece of shit yeah fuck you yeah it's like where's the where's the bathroom i don't give a fuck where the bathroom is you find yourself go piss yourself you know like that's how everyone right. kind of treats her and it's like this is unnecessary yeah especially it's unwarranted too or especially i mean it's weird no matter what but especially knowing she's the child of a officer who died in the line of duty this is how every Everybody yes. treats her. That well, everyone me, knew and everyone loved. Right. Let me say that I think that the only one that really treats her like that is Sarge. Because the only other officer that interacts with her really is the guy on the phone. Right. And he's but acting. he's so he, dismissive. Right. He's acting like, why are you calling me? The phone lines are not connected. Like, he seems more annoyed. He's not like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah, True. but dude, you're dispatched. Like, your whole thing is to like, okay, what's going on? Send somebody to check up on her. I mean, number one. No, I, one don't of think, my... I don't think he was dispatched. I think she, he was just the guy answering the calls he's late night. He's just the front night. desk. Yeah, yeah, he's like, why aren't you sending him to 911? Why are you bothering me with this shit? Well, I shit? did make that a note kind of, of the, that. That's yeah. what he was acting like. Because he was like, because she gets these phone calls and can't trace them. And we'll get to that part. But she was like, if she, this lady calls back, what do I do? And he goes, tell her to call 911. And she fucking rolls her eyes so hard. And I'm like, what? That is perfectly solid advice. That is the advice that you should be giving. I think she's in the mentality of like, I need to, I, I, I want to help her. And that's putting yeah. her back in the queue. You know, but that's the best yeah. way to help. No, her. no, absolutely. Because <laughs> the cops like, I can't trace the call unless it goes through nine one one. I can't do anything like get but, her to the right yeah. place. Where we can do something. <laughs> but I, I totally get where she's coming from. Your first day on the job and the guy gives you the, by the book answer. It's like, no, I want the real <laughs> yeah, answer, man. Enough. Give me the real answer. How's uh, <laughs> the You would tell the customer. How's you know? the special sauce made? Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. But this really should have been a two person job or at least had someone regularly swing by and just check in on this poor, Poor first day rookie. One of my like, questions I had was how far away is the new station from the main? Very 6. close. 6.2 miles. Did they say that? No. Oh. No. But she, <laughs> okay. they, they do say it's like, oh, it's right down the way. Just send them down the block. They so realistically, to- she could have gone to the main station and when Hazmat got there, they could have ringed the other yeah. station. Okay, we'll come let you in. Well, not only that, she starts her shift at 8 o'clock, 8.05, the witching hour. Okay. Yes. And then Hazmat's supposed to be there between uh, 10 and 4 a.m., right. the witching hours. But the thing is, is like when shit starts going like sideways at like nine o'clock, the witching hour, when it did, <laughs> like go to the other station. You still got an hour for Hazmat's even. And I think Hazmat called and said, we're going to be late. They do have two weird things. And that's what I didn't fully understand. Long episode. I love this. Grip. Uh, we're on first name basis. So Grip uh, or Sergeant Cohen is like, whatever you do, do not leave the property. And I like, think there was a reason. I think the liability aspect of like, we can't right. leave um, 
what was it? Evidence unattended. Cause it, all that stuff was evidence. He was also, he also told her, look, we rerouted nine one ones. You're just here for walkups. So they did expect the station to, and if someone walks up, just send them to the other police station. Yeah. He says that. So just put a fucking sign on the door. Yeah. Please go to the other one down yeah. the street. Like three, look to your left. You could see it. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, uh, regardless, uh, like you were saying, phone calls start to come into the station. Yeah. So poor, they do a good job. What I do like is they, this is a slow burn in the beginning. Right. And you just see signs of her reading up like a book. And I, and I wrote, I was like, oh man, it was so boring before smartphones. Cause she's just like staring at the ceiling, like twiddling her thumbs. She has nothing to do. Uh, and then the first weird thing happens. A fluorescent light starts making noise. I was, she's also reading like the cop handbook. Yeah. Like, what a boring read. That's gotta be <laughs> it's like one step up from the phone book, <laughs> the handbook for the recently deceased. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather read that. And then I thought, uh, of course, fluorescence, the scariest of the lights. <laughs> well, this movie, really should, this movie yeah. should have been called hello or random noise because the whole like first half of the movie is hello. Hello. Yeah. And it was funny because every time she said there was a big pause afterwards, I'm like, is it me? looking for? <laughs> and like, so, um, but then it was like just random noises and she just treated like the ninth random noise is such a like, Huh, I guess that's a thing. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I understand the like the okay, it's an empty building, you know, it's probably just making weird building noises. But wouldn't you just go check anyway? I mean, especially knowing eventually that a homeless person fucking breaks into this police station that seemingly has two dozen entrances. Uh, oh, everyone's getting inside this building that's supposedly on lockdown. Yeah, totally no problem. It's the weirdest police station ever uh, that you would just go room by room, right? And close the doors, like make sure everything's locked. This goes back to what I'm talking Like, this is one of my things with yeah. this movie is like, there's all these open ass doors. People have gotten in your building already. And the thing is, she just like, I'm not going to check any of these. I'm not going to close these doors. I'm just going to leave everything open and unattended. Like if you hear noises that you're that <laughs> concerned about, check every fucking room in your house and your building, whatever, just do the, you're a cop too. Yeah. That's protocol. Do your rounds. She eventually, she eventually does, but then gets distracted by uh, a smoker. Was that Anna Paquin? No, no, that right. was well, not Anna Paquin. <laughs> well, a knock Did off. you hear Anna Paquin at the beginning when <laughs> Mark was naming off all the <laughs> Good <cats>? point. <laughs> knock off Anna Paquin was uh, smoking. So she didn't. Oh, got Patty dis- Prostitute? Yeah, then yeah. she got distracted by that. But she she does try. That's but. the first time. So yeah, the she a homeless dude comes into the... She walks outside because yeah. she hears a noise. Such a bad job. She so walks bad. outside, then turns around, and there's someone standing in the lobby. And she's like, wait, how did this dude just right. get in there? Fucking ninja. I assume it's because he had no shoes, though. Well, I, <laughs> we, we know, but like, the, yeah, this dude is like inside and she's like, what the fuck? And then she goes in and she's like, Hey, Hey mister. And all credit to her. She doesn't immediately pull her gun. She doesn't threaten violence. She actually is like, if she gets to a point where she's like, okay, I'm going to have to tase you. And even then she doesn't do that. She pulls out her like little nightstick thing to kind of like, I think it would hurt him. less to be, oh yeah, true. Cause she just she pokes, just pokes him. him, just kind of turn around. She doesn't want to yeah. like go grab him, which would, is really yeah, smart. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like she actually was not a bad cop at the first half of this movie. And no, then yeah, that's fair. And he's just pissing himself in the hallway. No, I think he took his dick out. I think he was just peeing. Maybe, out, like, maybe like regular pee. I mean, on the middle of this poor person's floor though. Yeah. Right in the middle. And then she like pushes him outside. She she's really calm about it. I'll tell you what. She was really cool. I was like, I was like, thank you for not escalating a simple thing. And she's like, get out of here. You homeless bum. And then she mops up the piss. And I was like, that was very and nice. She of her. sees boots and puts them outside for him. When well, she, she goes, when she goes to drop off, um, the mop and bucket, yeah. 
like she sees boots back in the built back in the like one of the rooms and she's like this has got to be this homeless guy's boots and she goes and puts them on the front step uh, i just assumed she was like oh they're gonna throw these boots away i'll just give these boots to the homeless person i think she because she noticed because they pan really like she notices his bare feet yeah and so yes i think she's like oh this is this guy's boots which that is a stretch yeah nice nice enough that she gave him boots yeah, which she does take kudos. uh because then we see him later so then she just goes back and there's a lot of waiting and like weird background sounds or whatever. And then she hears a, a ruckus again. There's uh, a million Dutch angles and a million like red herrings of like, <laughs> like, oh, could that be a thing? Right. And I mean, it really is ratcheting up the tension. When you're watching the movie, I feel like I was always looking in the background and I think it did a good job of it. But eventually there's a loud ruckus and she goes and the homeless man had broken into now the record part, like the back door and is just destroying records that they left. He was up on a filing cabinet. Like she had to climb up there. It was like, what are you doing yeah, up here? She was so, that was so <laughs> yeah. bold. Of well, her. I think it doesn't to get there. She has to go. She hears the noise. She goes back and she goes through the bathroom, like the locker room bathroom. And it is like T to B top to bottom covered in shit. Like the whole place looks oh, like the yeah. terrifier bathroom. <laughs> like it is, it is disgusting. Like I was eating dinner when that happened and I was like, Oh, all over. And all then she, over that right. bathroom. Then she, and then immediately she goes in the locker room on the other side of it. Pristine. Yeah. Perfectly clear. I assumed that was like ghost fuckery. I don't think it was actually covered with shit in retrospect. At the time I thought well, it, she's retching and stuff. So I figured like that was real. Like but they the, also got the hair in her mouth and she ate the sandwich. So I think these ghosts have the ability to make, to fool all of your senses. Okay. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. So she sees like the bathroom covered like in like the most grody shit ever. And I, th- I thought that's what hazmat was coming to clean up. I thought that was what Hazmat was coming for. And then like later on, it's like just to get the evidence. And I was like, well, that's fucking bullshit. And you seen that bathroom. It's gross. Yeah. And then she gets through and then some other stuff. She hears some noises. And yeah, she finds ratcheting. a picture of herself. So she finds her dad's oh, locker. Yes, that's what it is. She goes through the, the weight room to the locker, locker room, room. Right. And she and this I didn't know was her dad at first when she she opens up a locker and there's a picture jammed up in like the like in between the two pieces of metal inside a locker. And it's a picture of her and her dad. And I didn't know that at the time, but she puts it back. And I was yeah. like, the place is a abandoned. Your dad is dead. Like they're going to basically tear Wouldn't this you down. Take, that take the your- fucking picture. If you love your dad so much, like why would you just leave that in the locker? Right. So she puts it back and then she hears the phone ringing. And this is where she, she turns around and all the lockers are open. Yeah. Very creepy. She almost walks in it. Like, again, this movie has great. I think they have like a checklist of visual shit that they're like, this is creepy. Let's put it in. And it works. It works. Um, and so she runs up to the front, answers the phone. And that's when we get another call from Monica. And she's like, well, I don't think we've even set the phone calls up yet. We right. mentioned she was getting them. Oh, okay. okay. So uh, earlier. But, in but the tell f- us now, like, it's not she's not just wandering through like, what's that noise? What's that noise? <laughs> she's getting interrupted by these phone calls it should have been routed to the main station right. via 911 assuming well we know what happens really but i was like maybe she just memorized the old police station's number and kept calling it over and over i thought again. it was like the it crowd or it was all like we don't call 911 we call Dear, dear sirs, fire. No, too formal. <laughs> so explain who's calling on the phone. So it started a little bit earlier. Where she got the first phone call and she's just like, help me. I'm trapped uh, there. I'm scared. I'm, you know, whatever. She's like, okay, okay, okay. The station's closed. I'm going to get in touch with someone. Relax. The phone goes dead. So she calls dispatch and the other, or the, I think it's the front desk of the other station. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know. They're like, did you get a last name? Yeah. Did you get Where a first name? Where like, are they? Her face when he asked that, she's kind of like, 
shit. Yeah. Yeah. Those <laughs> are like, some. I knew I missed something. I read the whole handbook <laughs> yeah. front to back. Ah, uh, they didn't tre- teach me that in training. <laughs> um, so then uh, the whole locker scene happens, and another call comes and tears her away. So she runs up front. This time she's finally like, okay, what's your name? Monica. How old are you? I'm 17. She's getting some like fundamentals. She's like, where are you? She's like, I don't know. And she's like, I hear hear anything. She's like, I, I hear pigs. I immediately turned around to like my roommate and I was like, she's talking about cops. It's, it's a cop (laughs) thing. Watch. It's going to come back. And like, you know, I was just like, that's too on the nose. That would have been very clever. So then the phone dies again. And so she calls back the front desk again and he's like, okay, Monica, did you get a last name? Once again, she's like, Jesus, <laughs> give me all the questions I'm supposed and to And that's where the dude's like, look, we can't trace the call. Right. She has to call 911. Just and have her call 911. And she is just so upset about this information. But but there is a cool piece, though, where he says he was like, she's like, well, I'm getting the calls. How is that possible? She's like, they have to be calling that number directly. Right. Like, they have to be calling that number, not 911, but they have to be calling that specific number directly, which really fucked me up. I was like, ooh, okay, that's yeah. creepy. So, agreed. So, the lady calls back, and we find out her name's Monica Young. She's 17, and, and Jessica is like, look, call 911. We can't find you. You need to call 911. And she's like, only the redial button works on this phone. And so she's like, all right, all right, hold on. I'm going to also simultaneously on my cell phone, uh, which is like, oh, flip phone. What a throwback. Um, but then again, this movie came out in 2015. But I wonder when it was supposed to have taken place. Yeah, that, that's the key information. I'm sure she would have smartphone by 2014. Yeah, like that's well in the smartphone. Anyway, uh, so she calls the dispatch and, and then, of course, the line goes dead. And they're like, look, I don't know what to tell you. We, like, we want to help her. Here's your report number. But ultimately... You need to get more information about where she is or you need to have her call 911. So she hears a noise like she goes to the back and she opens up the door and there's like a prostitute. Well, well it, very she's, blatantly. She's checking all the doors. She's, yeah, she's yeah, that's scared. Right, that's and so, right. so finally she's like, all right, look, because someone had broken in. We're going to close all of these doors. So she's going. Which she win- still doesn't do. No, but yes. <laughs> but she's going window by window, door by door, checking that they're locked. And then she opens. Then when she hears the noise at this last door, she opens it. And that's where she meets a knockoff Anna Paquin. Yeah. Character's name is Mary Gold. Mary Gold. Mary Gold. And she's all like, hey, sugar. I'm totally making that up. She doesn't really sound like that. But like, <laughs> it was such the like the typical like streetwalker like motif. Please continue in that accent. Okay. She's like, sugar. Oh, no. Um, so <laughs> uh, she's like, she's smoking a cigarette and, and uh, Lauren is like, you got to get out of here. You've got to go. Like, you're supposed name to be Lauren? Here. I thought Detective, it was Jessica. Detective Lauren. Lauren's the last name. Oh, okay. okay. I'm going by cop last names because that's how they refer to most everyone in this movie. Fair point. Going forward, so, I will also call her Lawrence. <laughs> I don't call him Grip, okay? <laughs> well, <laughs> Grip I and him, I are tight. I call him Sergeant Cohen. I show some goddamn respect. Um, I earned my badge. <laughs> so he didn't go to seven years of cop school not to be called <laughs> Sergeant. Um, so she's like... I was here, you know. Well, the cell next door. But I heard the scream. And they found him the next morning. What are you referring to? Well, they brought him in that night. Three of them. It's one of the Manson family. I think they were called the Paynets. Kidnapped and slaughtered those poor girls. Yes, they did. They also killed the Payman family on the scene of the crime, the officers. I should know, my father was one of them. Yeah, that's what they wanted you to believe, but they brought him in alive. Bragging about what they'd done and all. I can see you don't believe me, but I'm willing to bet my tits and a pack of cigarettes. It's the truth. 
Yeah, just like I was in the cell next door, they wouldn't shut up all night. Right. They were singing songs, they were making all kinds of noises, and then they hung themselves. Yes. And, and then she says, I remember that song, and she starts singing it or humming it, and it's like this song that re- reoccurs multiple times throughout in the movie the film. after She's this. heard this song in the halls, like mm-hmm. just in weird places, um, and then and now Marigold is humming it, and she's like, that's some weird shit. But then she's like, wait the payments died on the ranch. They didn't come here. And she's like, mm, that's what they want you to believe. But actually they, they died brought them in. in the station and the walls were covered with pure evil. It was just pure evil all over the walls. Yeah. And then, um, so my question for you two is what is pure evil look like? Ross Perot. Oh, okay. That was <laughs> off the cuff. So Ta- we know tartar sauce smeared all over the walls. <laughs> tartar sauce and Ross Perot on the walls. Can I finish? Give me this tartar sauce. Can I finish? So she's like, okay, well, that's fucked up. You got to go. And yeah. she's like, okay, you be careful. And like, then the prostitute walks off. This scene was a bit much for me. I don't think they asked a lot of this exposition dump. And I don't think the actress no, was they didn't up ask to the anything. Tech. Like she opens the door and then the prostitute's like, hi, I'm Mary Gold. So here's some backstory no, no, what you're going to need. Is I they, think John's correct. They if, asked a lot of this scene and the actress was not up to snuff. If it had been a better actress, I think it would have worked okay. Yeah, it was. Um, this is also the first time we, we meet a random person who has just ludicrously like detailed backstory yeah. and that's when the Silent Hill like guitar music starts playing <laughs> behind her as she's saying all this and I'm like of course this is this is what's her face from Silent Hill 2 and this we scene just met. is like 80 percent yeah, yeah this scene's like 80 percent monologue too there's like Lauren's asked like two questions and then it is just off to the races oh yeah and uh she's like what are you doing here this is what I'm doing here. Yeah. Here's the backstory. And she just chews the scenery a little too much. Well, look, we got to get it from somebody. Yes. Might I, as well be the prostitute. But there's so <laughs> many ways we could have delivered this other than having one character say it all right. in like three minutes. Like the homeless person's boxes that he's throwing could have opened up to the files. Sure. Of like the payments being yeah. there. Yeah. So anyway, we find out basically at this point, we're now set up to know but, that the payments were actually three of them. There was more than that, but they got three of them at the ranch, brought them back to the um, the station where they killed themselves in a ritualistic fashion. Right. Uh, you, you start to see evidence of this cultish family, the blood and the evil yeah. uh, start appearing whenever she goes to take the homeless guy and put him into that isolation or the, 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 right. the, the cell. Like so popping up in the background. In between stuff. when we first saw the homeless guy and when we meet the prostitute, the homeless guy breaks back into the jail uh, and she goes to grabs him under the arms and drags him into this holding cell by also going into it. Mm-hmm. And shockingly, boop, door closes. And uh, and this next scene is one of my favorites of the movie. Oh, it's so good. This scene, I hated until the, the twist happens. And then I was like, I'm out. I'm done with this scene. I'm so not cool with this anymore. Uh, so then it's like pitch darkness and she goes to get her flashlight. Um, well, the lights flicker out. Yeah. And that thing is, I was like, I was like, ooh. And then it's like dark for a long time and you hear like breathing and then you hear like the oh you see the flashlight turn on at her face yeah because she drops it she goes for it but she drops the flashlight and she thinks the homeless person has it and she's like give me my fucking flashlight yeah, what like, are you look, doing dude put it down yeah. and then the flashlight like 
turns over to the left and you see like the dude on the ground unconscious. You see the homeless man on yeah. the ground and like, oh shit, someone else. Someone is- else has this flashlight. And then it's oh, a I got goosebumps just talking about it. Look at that yeah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. It's very effective. We cannot ex- do it justice by verbally explaining. It's a very visual scene, but the flashlight just goes from these, you know, from essentially from person to person to person, uh, you know. You hear a lot of whispers, you hear yeah. some chains, and then there is someone, I believe, says something to the effect of like, do you want to get out of here alive? Yeah. And then you get a flash of the light comes on and now we start seeing these bag headed people, people with pentagrams painted in blood on these sacks and we get quick flashes of them. I mean, my one note for the scene was this flashlight scene is so legit because uh, it is. It is really scary. Right. Um, and yeah, I have, I have this flashlight scene. Could have done without it. <laughs> so the lights come back on. She's back at her desk and she's like obviously disturbed. Right. And she picks up the phone call to, to call Sergeant Cohen. Dude. Yeah. This time she, just goes so to she voicemail. She calls Sergeant oh, okay. Cohen and it goes to voicemail. And I just wrote, dude, any human being who heard this message would know that she is in extreme danger. Her message was like, I just wanted to call because uh, uh, I love being a cop. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> yeah. It was like, mm, okay, that's not good. So it's like, Jessica, get it together, man. It's yeah. your first day on the job. Like, I can't freak out like this. Like If you heard that, you'd be like, oh, I need to go fucking see what's going on down there. Yeah, I'm calling because I'm I'm calling because I'm happy to be on the force, sir. I have one more thing about this phone call where it's another part where I'm like, what are you doing, Lawrence? She oh, the doesn't, she like, doesn't she, say what happens? Well, she doesn't bother to report to anybody that she arrested somebody. Like, well, you've called is, this, I have this someone other, in here. Yeah, you've called this other police station for 70 times so far. Now would be a good time to be like, hey, I had to arrest somebody. Can you send the cop over to bring him to the real jail? Uh, and then it would have been an opportunity to get a little backup. But nope, instead she's like, I'm not going to tell fucking anybody that I just arrested somebody. Yeah, all she's got to say is, I have a person in yeah. custody here. So she comes back in from talking to Marigold and she hears a TV now. Like, Oh, the room with the TVs. Right. So they go into this the, fucking scene. I was... I also wrote, uh, I think this scene was a bit much too. This they, was a bit much. Especially back to back coming right off of the hammy actress uh, before. But they get this scene, which I guess is supposed to have been... So she walks into this room that has a TV and it's all staticky. I think and, it was like a break room. Yeah. With no tables and chairs in it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, like, uh, all right. Maybe they, they left moved the TVs, them. though. Yes. They took everything else, but they left the TVs. <laughs> take everything that's not bolted down. <laughs> Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Exactly. Uh, and it starts playing uh, what I guess is the interview footage of when they brought the payments to the police station. Correct. And they, Each TV has an individual payment on it, like giving their little, like... Spiel. Their, their, their Rob Zombie, Devil's Rejects spiel. Yes, that is what it was. Oh, yeah. And it was just your generic, you know, oh, we loved killing them. We're not the devil. This is far older. This person was here before. If you're good at what you do, you got to love it, man. I kill people. And it's like a mixture of flashbacks and watching Lawrence watch it. Um, and then suddenly chairs start moving around her. Well, yeah, rolling chairs was not swinging at her. Yeah. yeah, I was not a big fan of this particular part. I was like, mm, come on, the chair bit, the chair bit. Are we really going to do the chair it, bit? My roommate, my roommate goes, so this is when they lost their budget, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it was creepy, but I do wonder if a chair like that could really not.
knock someone so flat on their ass. Well, it would hurt some, your shin, but so as they're giving their little monologues, and one thing I will point out is that the main guy, they're like, "Are you Satanist?" And he's like, "Satanist, man, Satan was a bitch. You yeah, know, he was God's Satan bitch. Was he was an like, amateur. Like, Who do you think was down here before Satan?" So basically, they're really trying to build up payment as being a bigger god a bigger king of hell than, yeah. than satan was um but a lucifer if you will and um at this point the chairs start rolling now what was really creepy about this and i will give them a little bit of credit for this the chairs the rolly chairs are being flung across the room at her and they roll past her because she dodges them yeah but and there's no one in them but as they get as they like go past her and she looks back towards the door there's a body sitting in the chairs it's yeah. the the dead payments and i was like oh in the chairs garrett hates this because oh, they knew I you hate behind hate this yeah. shit and then she looks back and there's no one in the chair and i was like oh i'm out i'm like i'm so it was cheesy as hell except for the fact that i was like oh at least you guys threw that part in there i thought it was well done and unique you know you've ne- i've never seen a scene like that before no, as yeah. opposed to what's coming next which is like all right whatever <laughs> although you guys got to give it up for that scene with that one little payment girl's like you know like I bashed her face in and Andrew WK's her face on the table and breaks her nose. Yeah, that was I did wild. like that. that I was, was like, cool. that was cool. They didn't need to like show it three times in a row. And then they played, it's time to party. <laughs> party, party, party. I want to have a party. <laughs> and then, uh, so she, at this point, this is where she decides that it's all a big joke. Fucking with the rookie. Well, it's going to come at some point, right? Yeah. Do you just think it should have come sooner? I think it should have come a lot sooner. Yeah. Uh, honestly, there's too much supernatural stuff to be like, well, this is just a bunch of people having fun with me. <laughs> at this point, you need to be like okay okay guys quit funning on the rookie yeah she's seen stuff that is like supernatural enough to be like this isn't a bunch of dudes just doing this shit yeah i don't think she actually believes that i just think she's hoping well, that that's she what sees- it is like sure would be nice if this was all just a prank so she goes she so she continues her room by room search essentially after getting knocked down right and she sees this room full of all these chairs um, and they're all just scattered about. She looks away, looks back at the room, and they are piled up a la Poltergeist. Oh, yeah. It was, I was, I was like, Poltergeist did it better. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then that's when she's like, Jesus, all right, y'all got me. Um, but then, of course, no one says anything. Um, but then she hears banging on the door, and she's like, oh, Jesus Christ, what now? Uh, so she goes at the up, front door. Yeah, at the front door. So she goes up to the front door, and hey, there's a cop there, and this is where we meet Officer Price. Mm-hmm. And she opens the door and she's like, oh, so is this how you get your kicks? You fucking dick. Are you fucking with me? <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's just like, like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't think we're on the same page. Yeah. What, are, what's, what are you talking yeah, he's about? He's like, I just stopped by to say I love you. No, he just, he's yeah. like, I'm just he's, checking in. Like, he's like, hey, look, everyone else is kind of like whatever. And I'm like, yo, it's her first day. Let's, you know, yeah, the, goes, the nice cop. Yeah. He's like, I knew your dad and everybody loved him on the forest. So I just wanted to come check in on you. Yes. He's the one that gets, and this is our second silent hill character that we run into with the exposition he's the uh the other guy the guy in the meat what was the other what was the guy in silent hill 2 eddie oh, eddie the backwards hat yeah guy? he's yeah. he's eddie in, in this movie um and she's just so mean to him even when he's like look i swear i'm not fucking with you i don't know what's going on she's like well she is and then she isn't she like warms up to him to uh, the end yeah, like, well, well, you don't have inside. to go i'm sorry Wait, i didn't mean what well, i said i think come on inside she was a dick to him up until he was like all right i'm gonna leave then she's like wait wait i'm just kidding it's <laughs> like mm. so she brings him inside and this this right here is where i got the most mad at the movie she brings officer price inside and he's like Hey, how's your day going? And she's like, oh, I had a homeless person here who peed on the floor. 
I have them in the back. Anyway, no, she doesn't even bring that up until she doesn't mention she fucking has this guy arrested until right before the officer price quote unquote leaves. leaves. Oh, yeah. Okay. She waits yeah. the whole time before being like, she hey. tells, she tells me there was a homeless man who peed yeah. on the floor and I was like, Oh, that's all you're going to mention. Right. Nothing else. Yes. That is all that, that she's going to mention. I was, I was yelling at my TV. I was like, you are the worst fucking cop. I was like, you should absolutely mention what's been going on in this place, but she doesn't. She's, well, I mean, again, like I said, it's first day. I know she's trying to like prove that she can do it and she's not going to like, then be like, look, even if it's not, Oh, I'm so scared. I need help. Be like, look, can you go drive this guy to the real police station? He's not supposed to be here. Like, but then they start talking about her dad and it's like, there's other things to focus on here, but yeah. So he lets us know that like he worked with her dad and they were really tight, but your dad helped that he got killed, letting us rescue four girls. So he's a good cop. He's a hero. We all love him. And that's when we find out that everyone knows and loves this guy. And I was like, well, then everyone should be really cool to her. You would think, but no, instead everyone's so just blase. And we forgot to mention, this is the second time she fails to report that she arrested somebody in between when she arrests this guy. And when price comes, there's another Monica call. Not a whole lot gets done, but she ends up calling the other station anyway. Yeah. yeah. To be like, Hey, I got another call at that same time. She could have been like, also while I have you, there's a perp here. Yeah. But instead she's like, well, all right, that's all I had to say. Call that one. Bye. Oh man. There's like I said, Things like that drove me nuts. They yes. had me yell at my TV. But then at the same time, though, like I immediately let them go and forgot about them because they were like, the movie did a good job and just like, don't worry about it. But um, so, yeah, Price goes to leave, right? Yeah. Ryan Price is like, well, nice meeting you. Yeah, I got to get back to it. And then he turns and oh, shit, huge hole in the back of his head. The back of his head's blown out. He's been dead the whole time. What? Which... Leads me to yet another plot hole. God, I love this movie. And yet, now that I'm thinking about it, it's not hold up to the slightest scrutiny. She is in a cop family. This person died at the same time as her dad. Would How would she have not, not fucking known heard that Ryan of the Price funeral? also died? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It would be, this would be a big deal. They would have had, you know, funerals around the same time. Their families would have known each other. Like, All right, here we go. You ready? Ready. Head, head canning in this. Okay. Based on the opening conversation with her mother, they weren't together at the time. Well, it didn't work out for your father. We got divorced a long time ago. Maybe she didn't live with him. Boo. But does she not have Get a newspaper? Here, this would be on in the news. Like yes. Like, oh yeah. Two cops rescuing that yeah. fucking Manson family. Would like be front page ranch photos. Rescue. Like this would have been known. But regard. Well, she's got a flip phone. Maybe news travels a little bit slower well, than maybe. <laughs> but um, yes. No. It so matter. Ryan Price is dead, and you find out later on that he was one of the cops that. Um, got killed at the ranch. He was the other cop that got killed at the ranch with her dad. Right. And that means the large Marge I was riding with was her ghost. I was like, (laughs) okay, here we go. Um, He leaves, but when he goes to leave, he just disappears. Like he goes around a corner and then never like makes his way to the door. And that's when she's like, wait a minute, what the fuck? And she runs in the hallway to see if he's there. He's gone. And Uh, is this the part where the hallway has the pictures? This is the part with, no, that's a little bit later because I wrote that she got haunted so hard she passed out. (laughs) 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 I was drinking when you said that. Oh my God. That's exactly what happens. (laughs) Uh, No, what happens now is the second very overt reference to a horror movie, this one being Nightmare on Elm Street. She runs out to the hallway and then she sees a body bag I thought it was really well done, though. No, it was. This this particular haunt. Absolutely. But it was also like Nightmare Dinner first because the body bag 
comes and then it opens up or whatever. And then there's this crazy distorted scream and then it's gone. Oh no, this is where it dances though, isn't it? Does it yeah, dance? It gets up and yeah. walks like oh, a puppet. Oh yeah. It's like, it's like, it was like, it like, it's a corpse and it gets up and then it's like, it looks like it's a puppet with no strings. And I was like, there are no strings on me. <laughs> I was like singing that song the whole time the scene was going. And it does like a little kooky dance in front of her. And I say kooky dance, meaning it's just kind of like yeah, shuffling around all that's weird. Right. And, and then it's gone. Right. Screams gone. And then I was like, so at this point, you need to get the fuck out Which of there. It, she does. She calls the hazmat people and she's like, uh, look, I'm going to be in my fucking squad car. So just BT dubs for when you come. I'm lady, be- lady, I'm up to my nips and shit right <laughs> yeah. now. I can't, I'll, I'll get there when I get there. All right. What is happening in this small town that hazmat is so busy. You saw that bathroom. You <laughs> yeah. know what's going on. It's um, Florida baby. <laughs> so she goes to the car or she gets, she decides she's going to go to the car, steps right outside and the phone starts ringing to get her back in. Cause Monica's calling again. Well, she gets like almost all the way to her car and then like runs back to the door. Like, Oh, I heard the phone. Yeah. I didn't want to answer it, but now I'm going to go back and answer it. And it was like, you should have just left it. It'll go to voicemail. <laughs> It'll get rerouted to the new. Okay. But yeah, she thinks it's Monica um, and she runs back inside to answer the phone. But I did really like then when she was, she was about to go outside and go to the car. She called Sergeant one more time and oh, he actually Cohen. talks to her on the phone. Oh yeah. This right. is where and he he's says, like, am I to take this phone call as your letter of recommend or resignation? Such a as dick. You cannot handle this on your first day in an empty building. And and she's like, I'll be here when you get in tomorrow. Sorry. This is so dickish because he knows it's haunted. He knows. He was literally experiencing it a couple of hours ago. He knows she's not a crazy person. He's yeah. just being a dick for no he's reason. He's like, this is not, I'm off duty. This is not my responsibility. Quit bothering me with it. He's not getting paid right now. No. Leave me alone. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> God, but what a, just a tool. Yeah. Oh, no. Rip, man. I'm not happy. She hangs up with the Sarge. She calls the hazmat guys. I want to be in my car. You just let me know when you're here and he's like yeah 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 right okay and she, she goes outside he was like yeah that is the plan that we should have been doing this whole time yeah. <laughs> it's like makes fucking sense yeah. why didn't we go with that the first time um when she goes outside to go to her car we have a nice picture of some breath blowing on the glass oh i miss that wait yeah, the, on the the, the glass window the glass fogs up as she walks away outside Ooh. and then the phone rings are you fucking kidding me i miss that i was like oh that's a nice good effect. catch oh because uh, we get at this point when she um also before before she leaves, she she stops by a room, and that's where they have all the corpses, like all the like dead payments doing the wiggly face thing, where the faces like jitter. Oh that, yeah, that's yeah. Right. And the homeless guys in that room, he's like, "Let me out!" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because earlier out. he's like, part happens later, but there is another part where she goes to check on him, because and then she yeah, sees yeah, 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 yeah. ghost faces, and then that's where he's like, "Let me the fuck out!" And then I'm thinking, she's so cruel to this guy because she's like, "I'm too scared. I'm gonna go in my car. You stay stuck in the fucking holding cell." <laughs> Fuck that guy up. <laughs> Dude, she's directly <laughs> responsible for his death. So after this incredible breath scene that Garrett and I missed, uh, she, which was really creepy, she runs back in because the phone's ringing and it's Monica. And Monica's saying, hey, I've escaped. Help me. I'm going to die. I escaped. Here's the street name that I'm on. And Lawrence is like, okay, got it. Listen, I'm going to call. We'll get a unit out there right away. Line goes dead. She calls the PD and then they're like, uh, hey, Monica Young is dead. Whoa. So she was one of the girls that died at the ranch. Yes. And he's like, look, I don't want to have to be the one to tell you this. So off the record, but that station haunted AF. Yes. <laughs> that shit. He's like, he's like, okay. 
So here we go. And I was like, this is like such a Silent Hill like yeah. phone call to give you a little bit more exposition. He's like, so everyone is kind of glad we're out of there because it was just little things like lights flickering, but then some major shit started going down. That place is haunted yeah. as fuck. Super haunted. To me, I know Super you, gross. you guys have used this hour and a half, whatever it's been, yeah. to air your grievances with this film. This is the one that stuck out the most to me. It's like, hold up. Why would they put this poor girl first day on the job? You go sit in the haunted house, you idiot. Well, everyone knows it. They literally said that they pushed to get the new place built because yeah. this one was fucked. And they, I was like, yo, yeah. no one should be in there. The least believable part of this movie is they built a brand new police station in one year. Right, yeah, like, I thought it was taking a little bit longer. It was a no bid contract. They got yeah. this shit covered. But yeah, th- that guy was like, I can't believe nobody told you, but I mean, you're sitting <laughs> like uh, on a fucking Twinkie of paranormal activity. Did you not get our pamphlet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then at that point, she like cuts him off. She's like, I gotta go. Okay, bye. Because photos of her dad start blowing through the door. Yeah, and she's like, What is ground. this? And then she walks outside, and she just sees all the case files of every murdered person that happened at the payment incident. Well, yeah, they're different. Like the different dead girls from the, the the fake spawn ranch. Yeah, and the camera goes in on her face and then it pulls out and all the photos are lined up very nice and neat all of a sudden down the hall. Really good scene. And that's when you said... Yeah, she gets haunted so hard she passes out. <laughs> and the, the photos, let's point out, are lined up like in a grid pattern on the photo. Like they like, you know like when you like uh, wax over like yeah. a, a business card or something on the, like a, a tile floor and it looks like it's all there? That's what it looked like. It's super well and done. And they catch on fire. Yeah. And I was like, cool, you can go call Sergeant Cohen now. No, <laughs> shit's yeah, on yeah. fire. Officially, it's on fire. Well, she can't call anybody because now the phone is rattling off its base like Dude, it's going nuts. I've never seen a phone ring You like should this. always turn off the vibrate function on your landline. <laughs> oh <my God>. Dude, <laughs> like, that thing was like hungry, hungry hippos like <laughs> rattling on the tail like buzz. I was like, this is crazy town. They turned right. that ring up to 120%. Man. <laughs> so she, on the line is Monica. Help me, help me. And she's like, Monica, Yo, sis, you dead. Yeah, so they have a, a theory that she has crafted, which isn't a bad one, is that the other members of the payment family are fucking with her. Right, because they said they didn't get them all in the raid. Right, and they're like, look, they're all under surveillance, so they're not there, but maybe they're just calling you, pretending to be Monica and fucking with you. And so mm-hmm. she's like, all right, yeah, that jives with all the other crazy shit I've seen. Yeah, nothing uh, else could be possible. It's like, oh boy. So she buys that and she's like, look, I know that you're another payment and you're fucking dead, so leave me alone. And then uh, she starts laughing. Yeah, the, the voice on the phone starts laughing at her. Yeah. She hangs up, immediately looks down, and there's a corpse under the desk. Yeah. Uh, this shit fucked me up. So good. And so where does she go? It's the girl who got busted with a baseball bat. It's Monica. Yeah, because remember like earlier, one of the payment girls in her little like Devil's Rejects yeah. interview was like, I kept bashing in the face with a baseball bat until like teeth and like it was just a mess of flat and it was like, whoa, yeah. and it's Monica like all fucked up like, looked, and she's... I wish that when they panned down to the corpse under the desk, she had a phone in her hand. Oh, that would have been clever. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, there you are. You yeah. know? I mean, I, I put it together. It was the same girl on the phone, only yeah. dead. Uh, but yeah, she gets chased through the, the, she, the she police station. She goes into station. the shelving unit well, yeah, right behind she her. She falls in the shelving unit right behind her. The rolling, the, one of those shelving units you can like pull a crank. Right. Very Silent Hill. I thought like for sure it. she was going to get squished, but even if she wasn't, we all thought that yeah. too. At the beginning, I was, like, I was like, "That's Chekhov's filing cabinet right there." Wait, that shit's coming back later because we see earlier in the movie the ghosts fuck with that filing cabinet and slam them shut. Yes, and 
And I was just like, oh, that's a creepy scene. But then she goes in between them and I'm like, oh, we've got like a craft situation here. The craft, mm-hmm. not a uh, craft mac and cheese uh, <laughs> where they're going to squish her, but they don't squish her. They just no. sort of scare her a little bit and let her go. Well, the, the Monica corpse is like climbing all around and being yeah. all clicky and gross and nasty. And kudos to their makeup people. They did a good so job good. on all this. There's only one thing makeup wise in this this show that I thought was like this movie that I thought was dumb. And it was where you see the, the drifter's face with the bug eyes, which we'll get to in a second but yeah so she gets all freaked out and then runs out into the hallway looks down the hall and sees a body and someone running by so she follows it down there and then gets belted in the face with her own nightstick yeah or oh, gonna... that made me jump so hard. Now, is this a real scene with the uh, with the payment girl? With the a yeah. new I mean, payment, it's, it's yeah. Debatable, right? It's yeah. debatable. I like this kind of horror, and there's I, I don't know if we've talked about this movie, uh, but Oculus does this really, really well. Where it's like, what if you can't trust what you're seeing? And this movie starts to lay that foundation. I think right around now, where it's like, is she seeing? a new payment or is this imaginary or is it all in her head? Right. Is it a ghost apparition? Well, the like, problem is, is the rules are not clearly defined because so after she gets knocked out, she ends up like sitting at this table with another woman sitting across the table who now has her gun. It's in an interrogation room. Yes. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, I know that you payments came here to like get, you know, like to do, to fuck with me. And they're like, it's the one year anniversary of the night that they all sacrificed themselves to bring our Lord payment back and blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, how do I know this isn't all just in my head? Yeah. And then, then like the lady like pulls the gun. She's like, I can pull the trigger. We can find out. But you know what? She doesn't fucking blink. She's like, do it, bitch. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She, she just leans back like, okay, so what do you want? Because I was like, if it was me, I'd be like, sure, go yeah. for it. Pull it. <laughs> she, she just leans back though, nonchalant. Like, I think she thinks this is all in my head. I think she does. But then, uh, unexpected twist. We'll call lady, Diane. Diane shoots. She's like, I got to get back. She shoots herself. Well, she's like, it's finally happening. We can finally be with them. Yeah. And then she takes a gun and blows her fucking brains out. Great, great effects. And I was like, whoa, that's hardcore. The thing she was talking about was being left behind. Yeah. When all the other payments got taken. They captured three payments, the male who is the leader and two girls. And, and she was jealous that the other two girls got to sacrifice themselves yes. with the, the head payment guy. So it was kind of that I'm here to join them on the one year anniversary of when it ha- happened kind of thing. Yeah. But you're right. I, I don't know. Did it happen? I mean, it seemed like it did because she was covered in blood from that point and the gun had, was dripping blood. And I was True. like, she reached down and grabs the gun, which like I said, the, the rules of what's in her head versus what's real are very unreliable at this point yeah. because we don't know. Cause if you're going through the physical motions of that, then it should be real technically. But I don't know. I was like, did she shoot that woman who was in the police station? Did, did she actually was uh, Lauren the one who pulled the trigger hmm. on her? Because at this point, this is where everything kind of goes tits up. Right? Yeah, it starts she, getting wild. She's had it. She's had enough. It's time to quit the job. It's <laughs> taken up to this point. She's trying every door. It's all locked. She even goes to shoot the glass out of the window and the window just like fixes itself after oh, every blast. That was cool. That was, I thought that was cheesy as hell. Oh, she I like shoots that. the glass and I was like, oh, it might be bulletproof glass, but no, the, the, the ricochets and everything just heal themselves as if nothing was there at all. Very Silent like, Hill-like. I was like, okay. And her dad calls. This She gets phone calls from her dead dad. This right here. I want to talk about this bullshit. This pissed me same. off. Same. I don't understand. I bet we have the same complaint. In movies in general, when people get, uh, they're dealing with demons or the unknown and they get a call from their dead parent and they assume they're actually talking to their parents. Why would you believe that? I would believe that I'm would you guys? Tri- at, would you guys like believe that if a dead relative called you like, hi, it's Grammy. You're just like, oh, hey, what's 
what's up, Grandma? I'm not like, when no. I think a demon is trying to kill me. I'd be like, good try, demon. Step your game up, bro. <laughs> I know this trick. Yeah. I got caller ID. But instead, <laughs> she's just six, like... 666, six. <laughs> nice try. Area code 666, give it up, payment. We're on to you. <laughs> yeah, can't stand the power of an iPhone. Uh, I think just based on what the dad was saying, like, if you know your parent well enough, when he's like, you better not leave, you better avenge right. me. It's like, he wait says, a minute. He says, can I trust you to, to step it up and like call the like the chart like can can i trust you to actually like be a good cop he's basically like look the person who killed me is in this fucking police station are you gonna do something about it or are you gonna be a bitch yeah i thought you wanted to be a cop can't step it up be brave and i was like first off your daughter is clearly in like jeopardy or trauma also not a great cop (laughs) number two like Yo, do not guilt trip your child into fucking taking revenge or anything like that. Right. Period. Okay. Number three, like take this opportunity to say something comforting and like but positive to like get her motivated. He's but a demon. no, he just like just fucking like just blaze it bare on her. And yet it totally works. She's like, you know what, dad? You're right. I am going to go back She's in like, there. I love and you, daddy. I'm like, no. I'm gonna Pick yourself up by the bootstraps <laughs> and get back in the fight. I'm going to ghost bust the fuck out of these <laughs> payments. So as the phone call ends, in bust the hobo, falls over and he's got no eyelids. Right. She's like, how did you get out? Which is like... Which I wrote down. I was like, if he can get out and everyone can get into this place, locks do not exist in this realm. Well, but, he vanished. He vanished. Right. The, the eyelid, oh, eyelidless right. guy vanished. Lights go out. She goes back to the holding cell looks inside and he's been hung by a bed. Detective Terry Bodine, Hobo Division. (laughs) This is where we see that scene of everyone hanging and the heads moving. Yes, And then they disappear and he's still there actually being hung. But they do a really creepy, awesome thing where they pan behind him and his hands are still handcuffed. Yes. So he did not hang himself. No. And then she decides to use the radio on her shoulder. You know that one the cops have connected? Yes. She's like, hello, hello. But she tried before and it was static. Yes. Yeah. And she's trying it again and then blood starts coming out of the microphone portion. Also. She throws it on the ground. Maybe this whole police state like force is shitty because she does try it again. She did try it earlier and is like, hey, hey, I need help. Hello, anybody there? And the guy's like, look, it's static. I can't hear you. And nobody checks after that. Well, she also like doesn't like well let me go outside to a clear area and well, use yeah. it because she's in the like the back of the the pd and i was like go outside and then call it in via your walkie you know like but or whatever when a good standard like operating procedure be if you lose contact with an officer who sounds like they're in follow distress up? yeah send someone to go. i feel like that's probably protocol yeah not in this police force they're just like well can here give up what they didn't tell you was it was chili day down at the cafeteria <laughs> was not a time to interrupt chili day, yeah okay? they couldn't be bothered so at this point we get a scene where she goes into another room. We've got some slow motion action and there's a bed sheet hanging with a video projection playing over it. Oh, fuck Oh, that was weird. What did you think of this scene? I thought it was the dumbest shit ever. I was also like, (laughs) isn't it a little late for more exposition? Yes. You get home movies of her and her dad, right? Yeah, it's just really like cheesy shit. Okay, so three things. It's part of that, but then it goes into the the payment family members and then they materialize out of the sheet. Yes, the materializing out of the sheet was kind of cool, but like the so three things about the scene that drove me nuts. One, you walk into a room with a giant sheet hanging and home movies playing on it. Number one, don't leave your back to the door. Well, she's so much dumber than this guy. No, no, she hold didn't on, walk hold into on. a random room. She walked back into the holding cell where the dude had, like, yes, hung, had hung himself. Yes, there's no fucking need for that. Yeah, <laughs> you don't a don't keep your back yeah. to the door. 
B, if you are going to stand in that room and watch that movie, put your back to the fucking wall. You know, check your corners, <laughs> anything like that. And, and what did I say? Number three just a second ago? Yes. Well, whatever. Number two, we'll go in reverse order here. <laughs> like, you don't need to know this. You've already seen shit with your dad. You you have these memories. Leave. Like, at this point, this is all the evidence you need to say, fuck it, deuces, I'm out of here. True. Well, she did try. Remember, she can't leave. She's now stuck in the You building. fucking... Oh, yeah, she shot the, the yeah, window. Yeah, yeah, but the yeah. thing is, every door in this place is open, evidently. Just she, <laughs> pick a door and run. She So she does get out of this scenario, and maybe y'all remember, because I should have taken a better note. Well, this, I, well, the, the payments is, come out, yes. Yes, they come They come out of the sheet. In the, a la it. Oh, okay. That must be what I thought was so stupid. I wrote, that was like a haunted house level jump scare. Yes. So it was such a bad Well, because she's watching scare. it, and the way... And it's actually a really cool effect. Like, they're actually standing in front of the screen, but the way the video's yeah. going, like it shows them standing there putting the nooses, they're making the nooses with the bed sheet. So basically, you see the payments hanging themselves in the cell, which supposedly happened that night, which I don't know they have footage about. Also, no, that was that was another thing I had a problem. They would not have put all three of these cult members in the same holding cell together. Well, it's a you giant separate. It's them. a giant police station that apparently only has one holding cell. Yeah, oh. it was just the one. <laughs> God, it was so annoying. I was like, that you would not put these three people who are in a cult together. Well, you, you probably wouldn't have at least kept they the didn't men let in the from hang out with Manson. I'm just saying, like, you know, you keep this shit separated. But she does try to leave, and then she sees that picture of her dad, uh, and that keeps her there a second time. Oh, yeah, that picture. We see so another much photo, and then she gets a second phone call from dad saying, Eyes forward, baby, they're coming. Get ready. Go, go, go. Move, move, move. <laughs> and the lights go Marines, out. Marines, we are leaving. <laughs> you know, I, they treat this like they are Marines, though, because. They keep, and so many people are like, oh, they kept the real story from coming out. They kept, I was like, what kind of SEAL Team 6 shit is this? They don't even acknowledge what other cops were there. And that's why she, like, yeah. Ah, they, this this would have been huge. Yeah, it would have been all over huge. the news. I feel like if Waco had just been swept under the rug. Yeah. <laughs> what you guys don't know is the name of this town is Payman Vilberg. <laughs> <Okay>. The <laughs> Paymanville Gazette did not report on it, shockingly. This, uh. this goes deep. The family <laughs> built this town, okay? But now, yeah, so the dad alerts her that they're coming for her. The lights are out, and then we get a The really remaining f- payment family. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, I thought this was a really great scene. The lights are out. She's got her flashlight out, and she just procedurally, one by one, taking these bag-headed fellas down. I hated that because I was like, wait, this all culminates in a fucking shootout. I was like, what a fucking cop-out end. I was I was so disappointed by it when she was just like firing at them and they yeah. were firing her and I was like, oh, we just have a shootout? She didn't really take them down that successfully though. She's a pretty terrible shot. She wasted shot. like nine shots before oh. she actually got them point blank. She used way too many bullets. <laughs> hey, look, you think you can do better? I don't think so. No, <laughs> no, but I'm not a big I think anyone who uh, I think that is such bad aim she wouldn't have passed police academy. <laughs> Some of these people are like three feet in front of her and she's just like shooting the ceiling. But back to Garrett's movie, basically it's <laughs> Like, hi, I have a dude and holding shit's fucked up. I'm out of here. I quit. Come get this guy. <laughs> you know, like done. But they, yes, that would have been a much shorter movie. Uh, so they do this shootout and uh, and then you look over and Sarge shoots her. Not Sarge. Well, you, Why would he do well, that? She's she's shooting the, the payments in yes. the place and then she gets shot in the shoulder or, whatever, or in the stomach. You know, it's like right in her heart. She gets shot like center and she of gravity. She falls to the ground and looks up and it's sergeant cohen grip my man grip is shot her down just dead and this part this is this is my most egregious error in the movie okay at this point she looks over at one of the payments who was on the ground that she shot and she looks at it 
And then it cuts back to Sarge's face, and he's like, we have an officer down and other people. We need assistance right away. She looks back over, and it's the hazmat team. She has been seeing the hazmat team as the payments and has been killing the hazmat team. And Yeah, it's all in her head. It's all in her head. And so Cohen shows up to stop her, which this part pissed me off, though, because once we see that, we're like, oh, my God, she shot the hazmat team. The movie then cuts to replaying the last minute and a half that we just saw but instead of seeing payments you actually see the hazmat team the movie treats as if we didn't get the twist the movie's like let us go back and spell it out for you really quick no, and i, I was like we did not need that we did not need you to have to go back and show us we got it like we I understand what happened yeah i don't think that's what they were going for though i think they were just going to show you like here's some more scary shit imagine being these guys yeah but the thing is they, they show it like shot for shot it's the same thing but with different a different well, outfit you, and you on the hear, person but you also hear different lines right they're like what are you doing no please don't kill me i like, know but i, I thought the, i thought the the reveal of like oh my god what have you done worked better with having to go back and be like this is what she did and i was like oh we got it already i agree with your point i it was not a scene for scene exact recreation it was truncated yeah okay um but yes i think it would have been a little more all they had to do is paint of the guy she was next to and show him like the dead hazmat guy and we could have got it that's exactly that's what all they, we needed that's the thing is they did that and i was like oh that's a great reveal holy crap and then they like went back and showed us what happened like as if we didn't get that and i was like well it's for the slower ones in the back those in the back just what it went down yeah but yes and then that's the end of the movie. Wow, that's that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, as as she's sitting there realizing what she's done, she's like, "Oh, I what? No, that's not. It was the other people. Two of the girl payment girls come over and go up to the camera and put a bag over the camera, like oh, like they're putting a bag over Jessica. Before Laura. she's yeah, before they do that though, isn't she singing the payment song though? Yeah, she's quietly humming the song yeah. at the end. I think they stole yeah. her soul. The, Sarge is on the horn. She's like singing the song. Okay, so so like Lauren, Detective Lauren or Officer Lauren is singing the the song that the Paymans have been singing throughout this whole movie that everyone evidently knows in this town. The the Paymans come in and put a sheet over her head, which is similar to the aesthetic that we've seen with all the dead Paymans right. throughout the entire movie. I don't know if we mentioned that or not, but this is very like M.O. for them. Um, but yeah, that's the end of the movie. But this raises so many questions, though, because what was the point of the movie? Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, why were the Paymans trying to get her? Was Cohen in on it at all? You know, like... I don't think there was anything more than, hey, you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. It's the one-year anniversary of this crazy shit going down. But it's her dad, now you're gonna though. Her dad killed them, and then, I think like, that was a coincidence. because think they, that was a coincidence? It never once came up of, like, we know who you are. Yeah, they you know, never Join us. It. Like, it was never none but of that. But everyone like, knew who she was, and that cops. was, like... Like, this thing is everyone knew who she was, and it was the one-year anniversary. This is the one place you don't put... And also, I don't know much about, like, the police force or anything like that, but I feel like if your father or your parent is, like, brutally murdered in or shot and killed on the job, do they let your kid, their kids become cops? Like, wouldn't there be, like, a psych evaluation that she had to pass to get in there? There probably was a psych evaluation, but... She didn't see... uh, She didn't roll in and come across as, like... True. Okay, very good damaged i'm coming to cop to avenge my father you know there wasn't any of that she seemed really reluctant like she was kind to carry on a, a legacy yeah, like, yeah, yeah 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 okay you're right you're right yeah it, it really didn't seem like she wanted to be a cop at all because when she talked to her dad she's like look i did this for you uh, which i was like that's weird why yeah how old is she anyway that she's a rookie cop like didn't she have a life before her dad she looked old enough to me to have already been in a career somewhere well like you said she said on the phone she did it for her dad but i'm like 
A, how did her dad know that? Like, and after your dad gets killed, you think that the father would be like, I don't want this for you. And and maybe a listener can the tell actress me. is thirty four right now, so See, she would have been like twenty nine. See, she would have already had a career. But in the listeners, you know, you can tell me. But is it possible to apply to be a cop, be selected, go to police academy, go through police academy, and be on your first day of the job within one year? I don't know. Maybe it feels like a very tight tight schedule. I, don't know. I feel like, I feel like places probably need cops bad enough. You can, you can fast track. But they it. hire them in batches because you can't have a police class of one. Oh, that's true. That's true. You probably go to like a training. Yeah. A police academy. If you I don't know. think you guys <laughs> like this movie much. No, that's listening. You bash it the whole well, time. That's what's so I weird love about this, this movie. Is like, like I said, I loved this movie because of how much I hated this movie. And it was just like, like I was yelling at the screen about all this kind of stuff. But the thing is, is like, I'll be damned if I didn't for one second, not second guess this shit. Like I was like, what are you doing? That makes no damn sense. Cool. What's happening now? Like, it was just like, so yeah. on. they did a good enough job to make me like, not think about the things that I was thinking about. After it happened. I think the mood, the effects, the scares, and the tension was enough to get me without really questioning any of this. Yeah, I didn't question any of this while I was watching it in general, like, especially the first time. Like, I'm a little bit more noticeable. Like, I notice things more when I'm watching it for the podcast. But, like, even watching it the second time, or I think, whatever, I think it's the second time, uh, I was, like, scared for some of it. I don't really get scared watching scary movies anymore. But, like, that flashlight scene, I was like, this is oh, pretty terrifying. God. The thing is, like, like, this was a good horror movie. But the thing is, it was... And, if, okay, this is the thing also. Like, I don't... I'm not a cop. I'm not a Marine. But the thing is, if I have a cop or a Marine as my main character, I expect you to have a certain level of like more badassness, more yeah. um, conscious, like procedure. You should know how to handle certain situations better than I could or your random Joe Schmo in a haunted house. And the fact that they have all these characters, like just throw all that shit out the window so often. It's like, especially the Marines. It's just like, guys, you have been trained for crazy the, shit. They you should did, not have a problem with taking on like five guys in a police station. They did try to undercut that some by saying it's her first day and she's a rookie. Right. I think that gives us a little more wiggle room with that. And you know, there is, yes, the Marines. But police sure. Academy should train you to be that point. True, but I is this, guess... Isn't the kind of job you become a cop and like, well, you'll figure it out as the years go on. It's like, no, you should have been trained to walk in and be good. Do you guys want to get into the cop discussion that we were doing with Maniac Cop? Because I think we can. No. <laughs> I guys, don't know the level of training these cops are getting. Did yeah. you guys like her, um, instead of like, Hail Mary, full of grace, she coded the cop mantra, yeah. like, to protect and serve and to, you know, was like... I liked it. You're, yeah, you're chanting your thing to kind of psych yourself I into did, it. Yeah, I thought it that was, was so funny, though, because I was like, oh, wow, we we just completely swapped over the religious aspect with duty aspect. And I was like, duty aspect. <laughs> duty. With, you know. You said duty. The cop mantra. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Like, I appreciate the fact that that's what she did to kind of focus and, and yeah, stabilize to hype herself. herself up, you know? Yeah. So. I would recommend this film. I, I would definitely I've been recommending it for like a year. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it yet, well, we just hold the, told you the whole thing. So yeah. you should have watched it first. Yeah, definitely watch it before. Spoiler alert. <laughs> before listening to this podcast, because Garrett and I tore it apart and you don't really know it all that much when you're watching it. You it really, really is. Well, I did, but the thing is, I didn't care about it. And the thing is, I'll be honest, I still don't care about it. Yeah. Yes, it has all these problems, but I would recommend this thing. It's a, yes, yeah, same. I would definitely recommend High it. It's five. a very good movie. Pow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listeners, have you seen the movie? Why don't you let us know what you think about Last Shift on our social media? You can find more of our content at www.thegravetalk.com. Drop us a line. You have any movies you want to recommend? Let us know. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. 